Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're going to bring you something different. It's a series. There, there's only one episode in circulation. The first nine episodes were filmed for CBS back in 1949, but were never aired. It didn't actually see the light of day until it aired on the short-lived DuMont Network. So while these aired in 1952, this was actually from 1949 when it aired. The series is... The Cases of Eddie Drake. It was based on a radio program, which we'll tell you a little bit more after the show. There was only one season. This is episode 7 and the original air date, April the 10th of 1952. Mr. Drake, nice to see you again. Thanks, Dr. Gale. I thought you might like another installment for your book. You have one so soon? Right out of the oven. Well, in that case, make yourself comfortable. You look as if you need a rest. Oh, I got a good night's sleep after the fireworks were over. More shooting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, quite a bit if you count in the holdup. You never seem to have a dull moment. Don't give me that, Dr. Gale. It can get plenty dull between cases. This one had a couple of interesting angles. Both of them good-looking. One was a dancer. What a dancer. Why would... What do you say we begin at the beginning, Mr. Drake? Beginning? Hmm. Okay. I'll get back to the dancer later. I'm sure you will. Say, uh, mind if I help myself? Not at all. The place is yours. Up to a point. Oh. Well, it all started early yesterday afternoon and stopped late last night. With a whole collection of more or less inanimate people cluttering up my office. It had been a dull morning. I was wondering whether I should take Dave for a ride. Dave? Who's Dave? That's my new car. I didn't know you could afford one. Oh, it didn't cost so much. Anyway, she called up and settled the question by asking me to come over. Quite a joint, all right. And she was as sleek as a town and country with a top down. Besides which, the look she threw me from those narrow greenish-colored eyes made me glad I'd shaved and put on my other clean shirt. Finally, she spoke. Mr. Drake? Yes? I'm Mrs. McElroy. Won't you sit down? Gambling at Prince Metchnikoff's last night. Nice little separation center he's got there. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was there when the club was held up. You probably read about it in the morning papers. Yeah, lone wolf job, they called it. Nice piece of work, too, till the lug got trigger happy and shot one of the citizens. He deserved to be shot. Why? He tried to run. You didn't? Mr. Jake, when a determined man points a gun at me, I don't argue. I'll remember that. 
One of the players had just cashed in for $70,000. He was smart. He didn't argue either. How much did you lose? In my case, it was a diamond watch. And I want it back. Were you at Metchnikoff's with your husband? No. But I wasn't alone either. That's why I must have it back. I'll pay any reasonable amount, but it must be back before tomorrow night. That's when your husband comes back to town? Why don't you just tell him you lost the watch? I'm not asking for advice, Mr. Drake. I want to hire you to recover my watch. Can you do it? What's the ticker worth? $1,200. Probably be up to three or 4000 by now. If I send a feeler out for it, the heist guy will know you want it bad. Up goes the price. I'll pay it. By the way, my fees are $50 a day in expenses. <laughs> Make it 100 If I'm going to be held up again, you might just as well get some of it, too. Where do I collect? My number is Arizona 72882. Don't bother writing it down. Just ask for Mrs. McElroy. Do you have a first name or does one call you Mac for short? Just get my watch. My name is engraved on the back. Also, with love, Arnold. Shouldn't you be starting, Mr. Drake? People who like me call me Eddie. I won't like anybody until my watch is back on my wrist. I can almost hear it ticking. The bar was called Artie's. It isn't a place where sightseers go to grab themselves a cheap shutter from looking at mobsters. Because a lot of the heist guys really hang out there. And they don't like to be stared at. The bartender's name is Artie. He doesn't own the place. The owner's name is Homer Watkins. So it's called Artie's. I ordered a hard-boiled egg. Then I started a conversation. Here's somebody knocked over Prince Metchnikoff's club last night. You don't say. Yeah. Know who did it? Yeah, I, um... Uh, understand it was a guy by the name of, uh... Jesse James. Salt for your egg, Mr. Drake? Thanks. If you should happen to run into Jesse, a friend of mine wants to buy our watch back for cash. But it's got to be tonight. Tonight, huh? Yeah. It's got with love, Arnold, engraved on the back. Well, I'd really like to help your friend, Drake, but uh, I wouldn't have no connection. You see, nobody like that ever comes in here. I know, Artie. You wouldn't want that kind of trade. More salt, Mr. Drake. Thanks. I took some more salt and finished my egg. Then I waltzed myself over to Prince Metchnikoff's plush gambling joint. He runs a sucker trap for the carriage trade. Helps make the idle rich just idle. The prince wasn't there. 
They told me I'd find him at a penny arcade down at the pier. So that was my next stop. Shooting, Your Highness. Eh. You call that shooting? That was how you say, um, eh, stinks. Now, in Russia, in the old country, there was shooting. Big game, little game, birds, birds. What do you say that there? A peasant. <laughs> so I hear. I also hear there was a neat little bit of shooting at your club last night. Yeah. You could hardly call that shooting. It's good enough to kill a guy. So? He killed a man. What is he like? A glass tea. A, a swim in the wall. A serving shashlik. So who are you? My name is Drake. I'm a detective. A customer of yours has hired me to get her watch back. I thought you might give me a line on the mug who pulled the job. Oh, my friend, that was so... How do you say this is so... Uh, oh, but never mind. You are a detective. Get respect. I need you. Mr. Drake, come here with me. You are a detective. I need you. Mr. Drake, get respect. Come here. Come here. Look, look. Look at her. Look at her. I want you to look at her very closely, Mr. Drake. Very closely. At her face. Her face? Oh, yes. Yes, yes her face. I want you to remember that face, Mr. Drake. Why? Because I want you should find for me that girl. I didn't catch that last. I want you should find for me that girl. Hey, excuse me, it must be your accent. Sounds like you keep saying I want you to find that girl for me. Exactly. Why? Because I am mad. Completely, utterly mad. Mr. Drake, I have fallen in love. Madly, insanely in love. Each day I come here to look upon her face. Did you ever think of calling up the people that make these things? It is not that simple. You see, Mr. Drake, I am the last of the proud line of Metchnikovs. It would not do for people to come here and see me looking. You understand? It is an affair of the soul. You're hiring me as a soul doctor? Call it what you wish. Only find for me, Charlene. And if I do find her, what do you want me to tell her? Tell her that I am mad. Completely, utterly mad. Uh -huh. With that, I couldn't argue. I hustled back to my office. With any luck, I should be getting a rumble from Artie, the bartender. I didn't have long to wait. Hello, Drake. Artie. Uh, there's a letter here for you. Someone left it. I don't know who. Read it to me, Artie. 
Well, it says here, it says, um, the watch will cost you five G's. Have the money ready when you rent a boat tonight at Fairmont Pier at nine. Make it big bills. That's what it says, Drake. Make sense? I wouldn't know, Artie. I wouldn't know. I called Mrs. McElroy, told her it would cost her five grand. She said she didn't care. And I went over to pick up the cash. like a slot machine. With the bills in my pocket, I rented a boat and headed out a little ways. I was the only thing out there. Pretty soon, I got to feeling like one of Metchnikoff's decoy ducks. After half an hour of nothing happening, the chill began to work into my bones. So I... Ran the boat back to the dock. Got my deposit back from the guy that rents them. It's your change. Thanks. Say, uh, anybody asked for Eddie Drake in the last half hour? Eddie Drake. Eddie Drake. No. Well, thanks again. came from the pier, which is where we headed. There was a boat floating around, aimless-like. People in the other boats were staring into it. Then I saw the woman that went with it. It was Charlene, the peep show strip dancer. Charlene would never dance again. When I got far enough away not to be annoyed by police sirens, I called Mrs. Mack. told her to meet me at the Penny Arcade. Said I had something to show her. She hoped out loud it was her watch. Just to make sure she'd hurry over. I didn't tell her any different. Did you drag me down to this rat trap just to tell me that? No, I want you to take a look at this peep show. 
Oh, I don't want to look at a peep show. I want my watch. The lady who had it just got stabbed in the back. I want you to take a look at her. In there? In there. Just a minute. I'll see if it's the right one. Well, you want me to look or don't you? Hmm? Oh, yeah. Yeah, take a look. Just a minute. I'll put in another nickel. Well? I've seen better figures. Yeah, where? In my mirror. Remind me to look there sometime. Not sure you'd appreciate it. Your tastes seem rather obvious. It all depends on my mood. I still don't know your first name. It's still on the back of my watch. So is Arnold's. Look, let's get one thing straight, Mr. Drake. My husband takes very good care of me financially. I have no intention of losing that. I know, that's what you're paying me for. What about this dancing person? Ever see her before? Not that I know of. How about Benchnikoff's last night? I wouldn't have noticed her. Oh. Well, it was worth a try. My husband arrives home early tomorrow morning. Do you know what that means? I can guess. Maybe you should have behaved yourself in the first place. Maybe I should have hired myself an intelligent detective. Oh, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't have anything in common. I find you exceedingly obnoxious, Mr. Drake. I feel sort of underpaid working for you, too. Metchnikoff at his club. He was out. No one knew where. I left word for him to call me at my office, and there I went. Waiting impatiently for me was a client. Now just stand steady, mister. I can chop you down with this. With that, Howard, so you can chop down an elephant. What are you doing in my office? Hey, you, Eddie Drake? Hey, why didn't you say so? I've been waiting for you. Should have brought along a blanket. I'm closed till morning. No, but I've got to talk to you. Not until your enlistment in the artillery expires. Oh, I see what you mean. I'll put it away. Best offer I've had since I got here. Come in. Sit down. Introduce yourself. Just call me Nixie. Drake, I'm going to make a deal with you. I know where you can glom onto the loot from the Club Metchnikoff. Yeah? I know where the crown jewels of Russia are buried. Oh, think I'm a punk, huh? Just a little punk with a big gun. Two-bit stoolie. With a big mouth. Yeah? Well, let me tell you something, Drake. I knocked over the club. I'm the guy that did it. Then you better get rid of that heater. The guy you chopped down with it died. That's what I come here for. Something awful phony about that. I didn't shoot nobody. The guy says different. He fell down dead. Somebody killed him. It wasn't me. You know how I know it wasn't me? Because I never carry no bullets. That's how I know it wasn't me. You want to buy myself a murder rap? Is there anybody else around here? No, just us. I'd like to pull down that shade. I ain't taking no chances. Drake! Drake! It had to be a rifle from a roof across the alley. Nixie had died with my name on his lips. But I didn't feel in the mood to get sentimental about it. No bullets. This was a fine time for Nixie to be out of bullets. What are you playing, Drake? 
Cowboys and Indians? Yeah. This one just bit the dust. You picked a nice time to drop in, Lieutenant. Get up out of there, Drake. Hey. That guy's dead. That's what I keep telling him, but he won't listen. Come on, Drake. On your feet. And no funny moves. Okay, Walsh. If that guy was still out there with a rifle, he'd have picked you off by now. Hmm? You mean there's a... Out there? Good Lord, Drake. He might have shot me. I've always thought of you as the careless type. Yeah. Come on, Lieutenant. Sit down. Now, uh, what do you want? You? Didn't know you cared. Yeah, I'm interested in your new hobby, boating. Never touch the stuff. How about tonight in Fairmount Park? The boatkeeper remembers all about you. Did he mention my big brown eyes? You went for a boat ride all by yourself. Well, I wanted to be alone. Two minutes after you dock, a girl rides in, dead as a mackerel. You put things so delicately, Lieutenant. Now, I'm not saying that you killed her. But now there's this guy. You must be mixed up in it somehow. Sometimes you come up with the strangest notions, Lieutenant. Uh-huh. I got one now. Drake, you better come clean on this case or you're liable to end up on a slab next to that guy Fisk. Who's Fisk? The private eye they knocked off last night at Club Mechnikov. Oh, that one. Hey, wait a minute. Are you sure he was a private eye? Mm-hmm. He came into town just in time to get a bullet in the back. Private eye, shot in the back. Okay, Walsh, watch me go to town. Put it down, Drake. Any talking you do will be to me. I'll need a chorus if you want me to sing. Hello, Mrs. Mack. Drake, could you come down to my office? I've got your watch for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's this stuff about a dame and a watch? Stick around, watch me give her the works. Very funny, Drake. I'm in stitches. <laughs> Who are you calling now? The last of a proud line of high heels. Oh, Metchnikoff? Drake. Okay, okay, Prince Metchnikoff. Listen, Mechie. I want you to come down to my office. I found your girl for you. Want to come down and talk business? I explained as little as possible to Walsh giving him all the unimportant details. He promised to be good and wait inside while I handled my visitors in the other room. Pop! My friend, I've come here to discuss business. Should we go into your private office? Sorry, we'll have to talk out here. In there is where I lay out the stiffs. The stiffs? Mm-hmm. There's one in there now. Character named Nixie. Some little punk you hired to pull that phony stick up the night your bank was hit so hard. My friend, you're talking riddles. At your age, Matchy. He returned the money to you, but he insisted on keeping the jewels. That got you worried. If he was caught peddling the stuff, he'd talk. So when he sent his girlfriend to sell me the watch, you got there first and traded it. For a knife. My friend. You're speaking like a fool. I speak like a creditor. You owe me three bucks for a new window. That's a bad habit, Mechie. 
shooting peasants through windows. Mr. Drake! Oh! Oh, I'm so happy. I believe you know Prince Meshnikov. Okay, Metchie, give the lady your watch. You mean he's the one? Yes, my dear lady. I have your watch. I was about to return it to you anonymously, but uh, this terrible exposure has so upset that... Mr. Drake, he has a gun! Don't make it any worse, Metchie. You've done enough killing for one night. On the contrary. I now find it necessary to dispose of both of you. Nice going, Mac. Ruined your handbag, though. Mr. Drake, please give me my watch. I mustn't be involved in this. Let me go. Not right away, lady. I want to tell you something about private detectives. They're targets for everybody. So they pretty much have to look out for each other. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a poor slob by the name of Fisk who was sent to Mechie's club by your husband to get the dope on you. Well, he got it. And you knew it. So during the confusion of the stick-up, you grabbed your chance, just like now, through your handbag. Very bright, Mr. Drake. But not bright enough to get this gun away from me first. I gave it to one private eye. Why not make it a pair? Drake? I don't know why I keep on doing these things for you. What happened to her? She threw a fit like the vicious little tramp she really was. Suddenly remembered and made such an elegant exit. I was sorry she'd never tried the stage. Very interesting from a psychiatric standpoint. Yeah. They're an interesting study. Who? Women. They seem to have a strong fascination for you. That I can't deny, doctor. Now let's take you, for instance. Not to dinner again. I wasn't thinking of dinner, but it's an idea. All those cadavers haven't spoiled your appetite? On the contrary, it's when the cadaver business is slow that I don't eat. <laughs> your prices, Mr. Drake. I'm so glad to have run across you. Run across me any time, doctor. I don't mind your heel prints. <laughs> I'll be right with you. This week's story, Shoot the Works, was written by Jason James, produced by Harlan Thompson and Herbert Strzok, and directed by Paul Garrison. The players were Lucia Carroll as Mrs. McElreath, Sid Dubin as Artie, Chef Mencken as Prince Mechnikov, Whit Bissell as Nixie, Theodore von Elts as Lieutenant Walsh, and starring Don Haggerty as Eddie Drake. And Patricia Morrison as Dr. Karen Gale. We'll be back next week, same time, same station, for another episode in... The Cases of Eddie Drake. Welcome back. There are a few interesting things to look at in this episode. The title card, I think, is a good example. It and the entire opening sequence looks a lot more like what we would consider for a movie opening rather than a TV show opening. And you'll find a few programs that aired early in the golden age of television that kind of look like a movie in the way they do the credits and don't have that TV feel that we've come to know and love. 
Now, as I mentioned at the top of the program, this was based on the cases of Mr. Ace, a radio program that starred George Raft. There are a couple of episodes of that series in circulation, and we played them on the main uh, show. And if you're watching it on YouTube, you can uh, check the description, and there's a link to the playlist with both of those episodes in it. And I believe we've got the first episode, which sets up the premise, where this uh, psychologist is paying um, either Mr. Ace, as was the case with the George Raff radio series, or Mr. Drake, in this case, to talk about his uh, cases with her. It's an interesting framing device for what it's uh, worth. I think the episode itself is okay. It's kind of a basic mystery story, but it'll keep you entertained. The problem, I think, is the character of Eddie Drake in this is just really hard to like. I think of that one scene where he's arguing with his client, and he tells her that if she hadn't uh, done wrong, she wouldn't be in this trouble in the first place. And while there may be some truth to that, the only reason he's saying that is because he's not uh, achieving the results she wants, and he's just lashing back very unprofessionally. And then you have one of the oddest exchanges I've ever heard, where she said maybe she should have hired an intelligent detective, and he argued that she wouldn't have anything in common with an intelligent detective. Thus, he manages to insult the client while insulting himself. Despite that, though, this was a series that Dumont aired, and it was very unusual for Dumont. Dumont did almost all of their programs live on the air. So this was new for them using a taped uh, uh, program, and it's speculated that this was uh, to fill a gap in their schedule. They actually went ahead and they commissioned four more episodes of this series to be filmed in addition to the nine that CBS had done. All this, though, this is the only one that's in circulation. Though, according to mysteryfile.com, there are nine more episodes that are at the Paley Center in Los Angeles. The Eddie Drake episodes would also be shown overseas in uh, movie theaters. In the 1950s, there were several times when TV shows were smashed together, several episodes, in order to make a movie. And there were actually four of these films which were distributed to smaller British cinemas. So for a 13-episode TV series, it's had quite a run, and particularly when you follow it back to the 1947 radio series from which it originated. Of course, I sh shouldn't ignore the most important and interesting aspect of the episode, and that is Eddie's car. It was a 1948 Davis Devon D2. It was a three-wheel car with many of the design aspects being inspired by aircraft. Davis was a very small company. It raised more than a million dollars by selling uh, dealership licenses but didn't actually deliver to dealerships or pay its employees. So the company did not make many cars. It only made a total of 13. So this is a very rare and interesting historical oddity. Kind of like Eddie Drake when you think about it. Well, that's all for now.
Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.